he's a deaf gift, but it's real gum. It's an agate gum, cussing, and Ha ha, April Fools again. We done did it a second time. Ooh, baby. Ah, <laughs> this joke is just as bad as the first time. <laughs> but we're going to keep on doing it forever. Infinity. Well, for real this time. Welcome to the center cut. I'm thing one. And I'm thing one and a half. Chocolate thunder. My name is Michael. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. If you rhyme all the time, it's a crime unless you're sublime. I didn't know I was supposed to come up with a rhyme. Well, then I got something for your punk ass. David, there's a small chance that we're going to get canceled for this one. Oh, no. If we're not canceled by now, we're probably not going to get canceled. That's true. That's true. Well, we're covering Cat in the Hat today, which is a seussical movie. Mm. Now, there's no secret that this past month, the Seuss estate stopped production on six books that prior to this, most people didn't give a whoop diddly cluck about. I'm going to make up words this episode, by the way. Perfect. That's that's the Seuss thing to do. Mm -hmm. Now, you had to know that we'd at least mention this, being that this is pretty topical here. But Lord knows that nobody needs two more heavier set whitish dudes spewing their opinions on it. So I will be brief. I'm not outraged. I know that Seuss wasn't quote-unquote canceled. I also think that he's overrated. I mean, all he does is just make up words to rhyme. Why is he as popular as he is? I don't get that part. I did do some research, and he is like the OG children's book dude. Before this, when they were trying to teach kids how to read, it was referred to as the the Dick and Jane method, where there was always like a boy and a girl, and they were always super clean cut and super like follow the rules, and they were great. Kids didn't enjoy reading those books because they didn't connect with it. So they tasked Dr. Seuss, who at the time was not Dr. Seuss, but to write a book that basically kept the kids interested, gave them something they wanted to read. So I think he was just the first, and that's what makes him as popular as he is. There's nothing like connecting with them sneeches. Like, I, I don't know. I just don't. I don't get it. Yeah. Are people outraged that they got rid of the books or outraged it took them this long to get rid of the books? I'm confused. Well, that's the thing. There's There's two sides, really. Half of the people are mad that this existed in the first place, and the other half of people are like, well, here goes cancel culture again. I'm somewhere in the middle. I, I agree with you that I'm I'm kind of on on the fence in this one, basically because like, yes, times times are different at different times. So a reference 20 years ago or in this case, a reference almost 70 years ago at this point is going to hit completely different than a reference now. So why shouldn't someone be able to adjust what they release out into the world because they're embarrassed or they feel that something is not as well received now as it was 60 years ago. Sure. And I think for me, what annoys me is that 
a lot of the retorts here are that this was solely a business decision and made entirely by the estate. I just think that's a little disingenuous because they don't exist in a vacuum. Like every business now lives in the society where the views of a vocal few get to dictate for the many. They didn't have a realistic choice. Their hands were tied. And if they didn't bow to the woke mob, there goes their future millions. And I get it. Like that's the risk of owning a public business. But it doesn't change the fact that it wasn't solely their decision. And it was basically an indirect shakedown. That's the part that bothers me. But also, like, why why can't a company just make a decision to not have something anymore? They can. They can do that. But I, I don't think that is what this is, because people are quick to join the herd. And do you even... So one of the books, Beyond Zebra, do you know why that one ceased publication? No. The only one I know uh, know that it, how why it ceased publication was the, the China Man reference. Yeah. And okay, it's a, a Chinese man eats with wooden sticks. Like chopsticks, the utensils you, you use at an authentic Chinese food restaurant. <gasps> How dare that Theodore Geisel bitch boy. I don't know. Like, I get it. I'm white, so I, I, I don't get to say anything. But beyond Zebra, there's a page showing the Nazim of Basim. It's a dude with puffy pants and a hood riding a camel. Okay. We can't have stereotypical racism depicting Basimites. My kid can't see this. All Basimites ride camels? That's bullshit. Why? Yeah, I don't know. It's not even a real race. Yeah, but it could be portrayed as a real race. You know how stupid that sounds? It can be portrayed as a real race. What what does that even mean? It means that if you're a little kid who lives in, like, Egypt or some shit and sees that, it might make you sad. Why? It's not an Egyptian. It's a Basimite. I don't know. Well, I know, but, like... If you're you're riding camels all the time, and then this book is making fun of you for riding camels, it's not making fun of him. It's just saying this is a basm. He rides a camel. Yeah, I I know where you're coming from. It's it's definitely a gray area. Anyway, one of the other buzz counter arguments is it's the whole punching up versus punching down thing. Like white people can't make fun of other races, but other races can make fun of white people because white people have all the power. I just think that's hypocritical because all you're doing is generalizing all current white people as having more power and all other people of every other ethnicity having none. You just, you know how stupid you sound when you are complaining about generalizing and stereotyping while also doing that? It just makes no sense to me. Yeah, it, it's almost like you're being racist to yourself. I don't, I don't understand. I, I, I don't, I, I get that, yes, you should not punch down, but I just don't think that Who's to say what's punching up and versus punching down? That's the part I don't understand. Who is this like gray god who's like, no, that's punching up? Like, who gets to decide that? Just no punching. Well, we don't live in a world where you can't punch yet. We will. I just, I'm all for censoring history if it's blatantly bad, like blatantly bad. Like if this Seuss book, God forbid, had a picture of a brown skinned man and it was like, here's John. He's a digger. His owner, Bill, calls him a... I would be near the front of the line at the book burning. Like, burn that shit. That's fucking horrible. We don't need that. But showing a fictional character riding a camel and calling it a, a fucking Basimite, to me, I don't care. I, I don't care. Also, I say don't don't get rid of stuff like that and instead use it as a learning opportunity for kids and for like especially in a children's book. Yes. Like, you can read something like that and say, like, oh, this book was written a really long time ago, but this type of stuff isn't okay anymore. Exactly. And then, like, it gives you an opportunity to teach your kids about compassion and loving everyone rather than just saying, nope, get get rid of it. Exactly. One, one last thing, and then we'll move on. 
semi recently, my wife and I watched the show Deadwood, and Deadwood takes place in like the 1800s out when they're trying to move west. And they try to stay mostly to the time. And there are some scenes where there are some shitty ass white people doing some very atrocious things to people with brown skin. And they do it and they and they use the the words that you're not supposed to say. And it makes it made me feel fucking horrible watching it. Like I, I there was one scene where I literally shed a tear because it's fucking horrible. I'm glad that they showed it, though, because it, it reminds us and teaches us how fucking bad it was. So why get rid of that? Why get rid of that? My only my only point would be that show is not made for children. <laughs> well, sure. So, so you can you can rightfully kind of see the difference, whereas a child might not be able to. But I I still I side with it was better. To, it would be better to keep them in and use it as a learning opportunity rather than just getting rid of everything that's sad or, or hard to deal with. Yes, but we are fat. We are white. So let's move on. We have all the power. Just kidding. We have zero. I have zero power. Remember the last center chat? I talked about how I could get up, beat up by Hoobastank. Yeah. I have zero power. We have zero power. Now, Dave. <laughs> so today we are covering Cat in the Hat. But yes, in true April Fool's fashion, we're not doing it our normal way. Oh, no, we're not. We're not. We did not watch the ends this time. We watched only the middle 30 minute chunk right in the middle. And to make it a little bit more fun. We also watched it with no audio. Again, watching a movie with no audio is the literal worst. <laughs> it, it really is. Like there were movies that were made with no audio, but the fact that there is no audio was taken into consideration. It's a lot of like physical comedy and very over the top. So like you could still enjoy the movie. But when you're just watching like people have a conversation, but you can't hear what the conversation is. It makes it terrible. Mm -hmm. Like, took this movie from being bad to, like, just unbearable. I would actually argue the reverse. I'm glad there was no audio because I think I think I would have had to hear everybody talk and, <laughs> and that would have made it that much worse for me. I think it would have made at least the time pass a little faster. I felt okay. like this. I felt like watching this middle 30 minutes took three hours. That's fair. Cat in the hat. This movie came out in 2003 and was naturally a film adaptation of the children's book written by Dr. Seuss in 1957. So it starred Mike Myers as the cat. We'll talk a lot more about Mike Myers and this choice in role. Yes. Along <laughs> with Spencer Breslin and Dakota Fanning as the, the children. We have Alec Baldwin along with Kelly Preston and Sean Hayes, uh, among others. This movie... Grossed $134 million in the U.S., which is like, oh, okay, that's not too bad, but had a budget of $109 million, so not so great. It was received actually so poorly that Dr. Seuss's wife forbid any additional live-action adaptations <laughs> of her husband's work. She was basically like, nope, you're not doing that no more. <laughs> nope. Pretty bad. I think it was a nine on Rotten Tomatoes, if I remember correctly. Yeah. So not great. All right. Let's, uh, let's get into this recap. Let's do it. So the first of our 30 minute chunk in the middle here started at 26 minutes and two seconds. So the cat is standing with three old men, presumably lawyers behind him, and he's holding two fancy pens. Let's talk about this anthropomorphic piece of dog shit. Why? Why is he so lumpy? Was the original cat kind of lumpy? No, the original cat is thin. Thin, but also like a little funky shape. Like it wasn't like a normal cat shape. 
this cat's face, it's like three times the width I'd expect it to be. Agreed. Like Jim Carrey as the Grinch. Okay, I can see it. Mike Myers as Cat in the Hat was a horrendous choice. Bad news. Honestly, I think if they had if they cast Jim Carrey again, this would have been way better. It would have been better. <laughs> like way better. And this is Sonic the Hedgehog all over again, but this just came out before the internet mob had as much sway. I, I just I hate it. His face looks like silly putty after you smush it against a newspaper. Mm-hmm. I don't know. So he's trying to get the two main kids, Dakota and Abigail Breslin's brother, to sign a contract. (laughs) I hate the boy's face more than I hate the cat's. I know I shouldn't be hating on the appearance of an eight-year-old, but holy geez, his mug pisses me off. No, Nobody told him he had to be an actor. I mean, his parents probably did, but... There are two in my my brain. There are two quintessential chubby children actors... And this kid is one of them. And actually, the the other one that I always think of is later in this chunk that we watched. But yeah, he was just like the chubby actor boy. Just don't like him. I blame his parents. They probably went on a cruise while Epstein fingered his sister. But I digress. The world needs chubby children. They d- it does. There's a certificate showing that he's spayed and neutered, which... Mm-hmm. I, I don't understand that. Nope. I, I wish my eyes were spayed and neutered. They move on from the contract into the living room. Why the fuck is everything in this house slash world green? I just think the movie wants to make me vomit. Probably. Cat is now mechanic cat. Uh, he makes a stupid fucking Mike Myers face and he starts to work on the couch as if it's a car with a busted transmission. Mm-hmm. He turns around and half of his ass is out, but not a cat butt. It's a man butt, just two peach cheeks. And it reminded me that when I was 13, I saved up some of my paper route money and bought a $16 fake butt that I would wear. I'd just like run around the park or I would wear two pairs of pants to school with the butt between them like a pants sandwich. And I would just walk down the hall and pull one pair down and expose the foam rump. I didn't have many friends. I'm surprised you went as far to wear two pairs of pants. I did, yeah. There were those Adidas, like, uh, pull-away track pants. Oh, so straight up Alec Baldwin from this movie pants? Yep. <laughs> yeah. Oh, so that that's a, that creates even a better trick there, is you could just tear away your pants to mm-hmm. reveal your, your ass over your jeans that you were wearing. <laughs> yep. Perfect. A lot of thought, thought. A lot of thought went into my pranks. You're such a cool kid. <laughs> So he starts digging in the couch. He pulls out an oversized tennis racket, a jack, and an elephant trunk sprays jizz all over him. The kids are just looking on in terror as they're being sexually abused. They're being forced to watch this man's ass bounce around. I don't like it. So do you think that they are employing the cat to fix the couch? Here's a fun thing I should have talked about at the top of the episode. I don't fucking remember anything about the cat in the hat. I never read the book. I probably read it or got read to it to me when I was a child, but I have no idea what this story is supposed to be. (laughs) Did these kids ask him to, did he just appear to help them or I I don't understand what's wrong with the couch? Yeah, I, I don't know what's wrong with the couch. I'm sure he probably broke it. He was probably jumping on it earlier in the movie and broke it, is my guess. Hmm. But he now gets in the couch and he fights with the elephant trunk. And it's not just me that this thing looks like he's struggling. It looks like he's struggling to jerk off his large, wrinkly cat dong, right? Mm-hmm. Okay. Mm-hmm. Well, he beats it down. He fixes the couch. And, and then he starts to bounce on it like it's a trampoline. And I hate how childish and improbable it looks. That was something that was kind of uh, annoyed me a lot with this movie is that they took 
things that could have very easily looked real and made them purposefully look unrealistic. So like him and the kids jumping on the couch or later he falls, but like you can very clearly tell that he fell connected to wires. He wasn't just like, couldn't just fall. That couldn't have been Mike Myers saying this is, I I refuse to actually fall on this floor. I would assume it was an artistic decision to make it look like that, but I don't understand why they did that. Yeah. We're, we're in a house, not on the moon. And he basically floats from couch to couch. Like there's zero G. I don't like it. Mm-hmm. Uh, the ugly boy joins in, and then Dakota talks to a goldfish in a teapot that's randomly chilling on the ground. The goldfish seems pissed through this entire movie. The girl then has visions of who I assume are her mother and father. Thoughts? You think that Sean Hayes is their father? That I, I, I'm less sure. I agree with you that I'm almost 100 percent that the girl that the that the woman is the mother. Yep. I just don't know who Sean Hayes is. Yeah, I um, I don't know either. And it seemed like he was just mouthing you're fired for this entire clip. I thought he was saying Fergie, Fergie, Fergie. Yep, you're right. I was definitely wrong. I'm a bad mouth reader. I'm actually pretty good at it. And I'm pretty confident he is saying you're fired. Okay. But I I, like I don't know why he would be saying you're fired to a child. (laughs) Or are they or maybe is he their mother's boss and they're afraid that she is going to get fired if something is wrong with the house? Like, was she going to have her boss over for dinner or some bullshit? And, like, the house has to be perfect. And if the house is wrecked when she gets home, she's going to get fired. So she's, like, envisioning what would happen if the house is in a disastrous state. Maybe. Could be. I don't know. I'm locking it in. That's what I think. All right. We don't need to do the rest. Bye, guys. Back to reality. Uh, The cat's on the ceiling, and he grabs the goldfish and throws it into the toilet. I think that, for me, like the goldfish seems like the conscience of this whole thing. And in my older age, I side with the goldfish through this entire thing. (laughs) For some reason, it makes Dakota smile, and she joins the guys to jump like buffoons on the couch. A younger-looking Alec Baldwin walks through the door. He's dressed like a douche with yellow breakaway pants and like a denim jacket. He does some weird thing with his bottom teeth. Is he supposed to be watching the kids? Oh, that's a great... No, I think that the the fat lady that keeps showing up every once in a while is supposed to be watching the kids. So why does he just, like, barge in? Is he maybe mom's boyfriend? Well, he is. We, we see that later. Yeah, so, I mean, he just shows up when he wants to get food and beer because he's poor and doesn't have it at his house. Yeah, so he does. he does go to the kitchen. And he comes back with food and a six pack of beer. And while he's talking to the kids, the cat's doing flips and shit and jumping on the ceiling like he's Jeff Goldblum in the fly. Mm-hmm. He starts scratching his butt, which makes a bunch of cat hairs rain from the sky. Just a bunch of cat ass flakes. And uh, Alex sneezes uncontrollably and leaves. Yeah, he says, is there a cat in here? I'm allergic to cats. He does? How do you know that? I can read lips actually pretty well. Were you deaf in a previous life? No, but my mom wears hearing aids, so we always had really? the, the TV on either loud or really soft if she had her hearing aids turned up, so it's just kind of like something I there you go. also adapted over time. That makes sense, then. So the cat falls, and then I hate this next part. So while well, I hate all the parts, but especially this part. Yeah. All of a sudden, the kitchen is the set of an infomercial, and Cat and the kids watch from the next room in movie theater seats. Mm-hmm. But they're watching two other versions of the cat put on the show. One of which I think is supposed to be Martha Stewart and the other Emerald Lagasse, maybe? You think so? Maybe. I don't know. I just hate it. Like the Martha Stewart one, 
it's just so hideous to look at. And I picture Mike Myers doing the coffee talk voice from SNL. And I, I just, I'm just not a fan. I just, I just not <laughs> gonna, a fan. We're going to talk more later about what I think his voice sounds like at this juncture. Yeah. So they're demoing the cupcake anator with a K like Constantine. That's a something corporate reference in 2021 to the zero of you that get it. You're welcome. This scene goes on for like three minutes. How are there three cats? I, I don't understand. Yeah, I don't know how he has this magical ability to make carbon copies of himself. The chef cat puts in the cupcakeinator a carton of eggs, a bottle of ketchup, a fire extinguisher, and some other item I can't decipher. I, I looked at it multiple times. I had no idea what it is. Do you know, David? Uh, no. So he puts that into the cupcakeinator. The kids, like me, are thoroughly unamused. Uh, the machine squirts some purple jism into a cupcake pan, and then the chef cat cuts off his own tail with a butcher knife. I bet you never hear that sentence again. Unless you're me who has to edit this thing. That was meta. I'm sorry. <laughs> the show's over. He ties up his tail. The oven explodes purple slime all over the walls. Cat goes to the closet to get a dress to wipe down the walls. And there is a large woman dangling from one of the hangers. I think that's the babysitter. I agree. I think it's the babysitter. So the cat wipes the wall with the dress. The kids are pissed. The fish is back. He also looks mad. Mm -hmm. The cat goes outside and brings in a giant red box and out pop thing one and thing two, and they are repulsive. Are they also supposed to be cats? I don't think so. They have the same shape face as him, but then they don't have... I don't understand. I thought their faces kind of looked like Cindy Lou Who from, from The Grinch. A little bit, but I guess all, his face does too. They, they all kind of have that like cat type the cat dog type looking face i suppose mm. but like i didn't i didn't know if they were supposed to be cats or if they're just uh susical people whatever they are i hate them and mm -hmm. we see placards above their head showing their named thing one and thing two but then the two changes to thing a super thing thing king kid dynamite ben and chocolate thunder which i can just hear mike myers doing in his fat bastard voice and i hate it I just hate it. I don't I don't understand this joke at all. The joke is thing two could be chocolate thunder. That should have got canceled. The ugly boy is obsessed with the magic box, which was made in Philippines. That's the only visual joke I liked in this whole damn pig dump of a movie. <laughs> and it looks like Kat says, don't open the box. That's the one mouth reading I think I got correct. Mm -hmm. And he puts a lock on it in the shape of a beetle. The cat gives the purple jizzed up dress to thing one and thing two who do their thing. Their thing is to transfer the violet splooge to other places. The couch, the curtains, the walls, and even some rogue shots on the kids' faces. Is this movie over yet? Nope, not even close. Ugly Kid Joe grabs giant nets from the closet behind the babysitter, and the kids try to catch the pesky thing one and thing two who are just huge assholes. They're just destroying this house. Yeah, thing one is kicking the fine china everywhere while doing that silly Slavic squat dance. They both run all over the ceiling and swing from the chandelier like Sia before the autism controversy. The cat's just dancing this whole time while they fuck off around the house, and the boy decides that this is a good time to pick the beetle lock. Naturally. This is why you need to vet your child care, people. Yep. He succeeds. The lock turns back into a real beetle and hops up onto their dog's collar. Thing one and thing two ride the babysitter's corpse down the stairs as her head thumps on each step. <laughs> yeah, that was intense. This is what I imagine taking mushrooms must be like. The cat's reading a newspaper on the couch with the lifeless sitter. The headline on the newspaper about is about red spotted pygmy squirrels thriving. Now we see another squirrel problem reference in your section. 
I think that has to factor into the end, huh? Think so. There are multiple squirrel problem references. Yeah, that's true. We'll see. We'll see. The cat realizes that the beetle lock is off the box while now sipping on a drink from a pineapple, and the kids still try to catch the things who now have their dog. And that is the end of my section. This movie is so bad that there's no way to recap it other than just like reading bullet points like you just did. (laughs) We just need to get through it, guys. Here we go. (laughs) So we pick up with thing one who has the dog in their hands, does a little football move and chucks the dog right out the front window. (laughs) Cat looks concerned because the lock was on the dog and he needs the lock to keep the box closed. He takes this moment to play some piano. Then they decide to throw the fat babysitter lady up on top of the box to keep it closed. Best decision they've made all day. And then they head out to try and catch our dog. So outside of the house, we see the rest of the neighborhood. And it's all, everything is green and purple. And green and purple as a color combo used to be my favorite. I just don't know if I can stomach it anymore after this. It's just too much. Green and purple used to be your favorite color combination? Yes, yeah, it's, it's, a, it's a nice color combo. Mm-mm, don't like that. <laughs> I don't like that one bit. Especially now. Especially now, but before too. If you told me that a week ago, I still wouldn't have liked it. (laughs) So we cut to a scene with Alec Baldwin now, who is hanging out at his home apartment something. He takes off his Spanx and sits down to watch some TV with his belly hanging out of his wife beater. He takes this opportunity to remove his teeth. I'm so confused. But then when he talks, he has other teeth. Like, he has this artif- these artificial teeth that go over his current teeth. Well, he probably had really bad teeth. So he wanted to have the impression that he had nice teeth, presumably to pick up the kid's mom. That makes sense. So some guys show up at his apartment and repossess his TV. He's watching some, like, jazzercise. <laughs> and at this moment, he looks outside and sees the dog run by and seems like he has some kind of epiphany. I don't know what that means, how the dog would mean anything. He takes this opportunity to call the mother of the kids at her work, and they just talk for a few minutes. Who knows? At this point, the kids and the cat are on the trail of the dog. They find him in a yard visiting a friend dog or trying to get some from that dog. I don't know. Maybe they're lovers. Who knows? I was very impressed with Dakota Fanning's acting here, like pretending to have the cat step on her head. She was seven or eight. Now, I mentioned it in our Warrior Nun episode, but I normally despise child actors. Not here. Like, she I, she did a very good job, and I can see why she gets more acting jobs in the future. The yeah. ugly brother? Yeah, fuck him and his dumb orange shirt and his two sizes, two big sneakers. He sucks, but she's good. He's a forever fat boy. Yep. That's what he is. So they see the dog in this fenced-in yard. They muster up whatever courage is necessary to jump over a white picket fence. And as they are approaching the dog, the the fish voices some of his concerns about this plan. They're bringing the fish along with them for whatever reason. The dog decides to run away once they jump the fence and the cat talks to a hoe, not a a slutty woman or, or a whore. We see many of those later. This is a physical like hoeing hoe for farming and it's covered in mud yeah you know mike myers made a chillin whip my hoe joke here for the adults and we have a question on it later Mm, mm -hmm, mm -hmm. so the dog now makes his way to a house with some kind of barbecue set up outside we see later they they see inside it seems like a party for for children that are getting ready to make their way outside to enjoy the festivities (sighs) (laughs) at this point they have to run to hide from this party that is coming out 
the cat has to pretend to be a pinata to blend in. Listen, I'm all for diversity, and I'm glad that there's a black American family in this god awful purple cookie cutter neighborhood. But did they have to lynch the black cat in their backyard? It's too much, man. It's such a disgusting, atrocious part of the history of our country. I'm thankful that I'm a third generation Italian American and I have no direct ancestral ties to that bullshit. It's just fucking horrible. Like, I can't fathom just rounding up somebody and fucking killing them just for their color. It's heartbreaking. It really is. I don't like people who ride their bikes in the streets. I'm not going to fucking bag them up and kill them. I hate it. I hate it. And I hate that they did this in this movie. Yes. (laughs) So Kat is now pretending to be hung and he gets the shit beat out of him by all these kids. And then finally, the token chubby kid number two comes up. His name is Stephen Anthony Lawrence. If you're confused about what I mean by token chubby kid, you need to go look up Stephen Anthony Lawrence because that's all he's ever been and ever will be. He hits him square in the catnips, but here's the thing. I don't understand why this would hurt the cat as much because we know from the beginning of the movie that he is spayed and neutered. Well, the kid hits him with an actual baseball bat. So even if you don't actually have balls there, it would still hurt if someone wailed you with an actual wooden stick in your crotch. Agreed. But then they do like the typical, he was hurt so bad that he gets taken to another dimension where he's swinging on a tree swing, wearing a red riding hood outfit with a unicorn in the background. I would assume like the only reason you would do something weird like that is to try and play up the fact that it hurts so bad that he like was seeing stars more or less. Mm. So, so let me ask this. If I don't really know, because I've never had a, a pet that I have neutered before. Does that mean you're they they're you're cutting off the animal's balls? My dogs do not have balls. Okay. Period. All right. I guess I don't okay. know if the same thing is done for cats. Mm. I just know that my dogs don't have balls. Okay. So we cut back to the kids who decide to throw some candy out of the pinata that they took off of the rope. I have a question, Dave. Why didn't they just leave the pinata there and then the cat also hid in the bush with them? Like why did they have to trade the cat for the real pinata? That is a great question. (laughs) Makes no fucking sense. At this point, they took the opportunity to take the candy out of the pinata to throw it out underneath Cat in the Hat, who was hanging from a tree, to make the kids, like, distract them with candy so that they could get away. But yeah, it, it makes zero sense. Why was that the plan? Take the time to untie this cat that looks exactly like Cat in the Hat and put it behind a bush just so you could put Cat in the Hat hanging in a tree. No sense. The dog runs away with a wiener, and the fat lady falls off the box and calls the mom. Mm -hmm. I'm doing the best job I can here, guys. (laughs) At this point, thing one and two control the fat woman like a marionette as she falls back into her coma. What is going on in this fucking movie? Purple goop and shit starts coming out of the box now because it's, it's unlocked and open. Cat and the kids are about to catch the dog when Alec Baldwin shows up and grabs it and drives away in his Ford Thunderbird. <laughs> now, they had to modify all of the other cars in this movie to make them look susical, mm-hmm. but they left the Ford Thunderbird just the way it is because that car is a load of junky garbage. <laughs> this also isn't a classic Ford Thunderbird. It is one of those 2003 Ford Thunderbirds that look like a giant hot dog bun. But good news is Cat has a car. He clicks a button and a random garage behind him opens. 
this relatively large badass Hummer rolls out and then he pulls the what, disguise, I guess, away from it. And it, underneath it is a, a Susian mobile of just crazy susicalness that I can't even begin to describe. It's like Chitty Chitty Bang Bang if Chitty Chitty Bang Bang had another name for it that rhymed with Chitty Chitty Bang Bang. Don't you ever ever compare Chitty Chitty Bang Bang to this piece of loaded garbage ever again. <laughs> they drive in in the Susian Mobile after Alec. Cat puts the fish on the roof. Why? I don't know. The dog that Alec has abducted pees on his cheeseburger in the front seat. If an animal peed on my car seat, I would be selling that shit on Craigslist instantly. I, I just couldn't do it. I could not ride in that car anymore. I was like 95% sure he was then going to eat the burger. I am amazed that he hit, didn't eat the burger but he smelled it which is very disappointed cat decides you know i'm not gonna drive let me let this little ugly boy drive and then he also lets the little girl drive and then he pulls out his own steering wheel so now they're all turning steering wheels i don't know he yanks the brake out of the bottom and then they crash into the middle of the town fact alec arrives at his destination i'm assuming this is their mother's work where he was bringing the dog i don't know though yeah, so the sign outside says Humberflube. If I showed up to a house showing and the agent's last name was Humberflube, I would be shitting on the floor instantly. Like, I ain't buying that house. Change your name if you're going to do any sort of public work. You can't have your last name be Humberflube. That sucks. I buy that house immediately. Just so I could always tell everyone that I bought it from Humberflube. So now that he is at his destination, he's making his way into this real estate agency, Humberflube. He gets stopped by Cat who is now dressed as a Rastafarian hippie in red and white. I don't understand. Well, this is culturally insensitive. Now, good thing Rastafarians are chill and they don't give a fuck. Also, he looks more like a juggalo than a Rasta, to be fair. Yeah, that's true. So before he dresses up, though, he pulls out his plan in plan B or plan C is where it specifically says that Alec is her boyfriend, is the mom's boyfriend. Oh, you're right. Mm -hmm. It does say that in C because B was... Cut your losses and ditch the kids. Yes. C was like steal the dog from the boyfriend or mom's boyfriend yes. or something like that. So either Sean Hayes is not their dad or he's a cuck and that bitch be a trifling hoe. It's one of the two. Or they're divorced. Maybe. One of the three. <laughs> <laughs> or he's dead. One of the four. Oh, that's true. He could be dead. <laughs> so maybe he's the cat. Maybe he was the cat all along. Ah, one oh. of five. <laughs> We have our our hippie cat who has convinced Alec Baldwin to sign a petition of some sort. Really did not seem all that interesting or important to me. And he pulls out this giant pen. Essentially, it says pen that requires two hands on it to specifically try and get him to put down the dog. He hands the dog to the cat. And as he's signing the petition, they run away with the dog. In their running away, they enter... Uh, what looks like kind of a phone booth, but has solid walls on the side of it is where we see our reference to the squirrel problem again. And they slide down a fireman's pole into a club that is just filled to the brim with the slutty women and scantily clad men. And they're all wearing cat in the hat style stuff like red and white striped hats and outfits and stuff like that. They run into Paris Hilton, who was dancing in like zero clothes, and the cat gets distracted for a few minutes by her. And that is the end of the second 15 minutes in our middle 30. Yeah, nothing says 2003 like a Paris Hilton cameo. Mm -hmm. uh, not the first time she was paid to appear in a film involving a pussy. <laughs> 
yeah, this whole nightclub, it's like a lame Where's Waldo, <laughs> like where everyone's wearing red and white and you have to yeah. pick out the cat. I just don't understand why the references. No idea. Are we to assume that cat manifested this club out of nothing in which is Paris Hilton, a figment of the cat's imagination <laughs> or did it exist and he just dressed everyone with his magic cat powers but if he just manifested it then how is alec baldwin able to make his way down like he's sliding down the pole as our last 15 minutes ends like i don't understand one thing about the city above though i i do like the idea of a city just adopting large visual examples as signs for their business one of the things we see is just a giant tooth for the dentist you know, there's a big bride and groom for, I assume, like a, mm -hmm. you know, a bridal place. It's pretty cool. It's like a, I like that. It's like the, the classic giant donut over a donut shop, but like taken to the extreme with every business. Yeah, I like it. I think that'd be pretty yeah. cool. I'd want to go to a downtown like that. Coffin over a funeral home. Yeah, I'm into it. Mm -hmm. And that's it. That is it. Thank God. We need to get into these questions so we can freaking be done with this movie. Agreed. But before that, David, it's time for Center Commercial. Center Commercial time. Today's podcast is brought to you by Podgo. Fellow podcasters, listen up. You should know the drill by now, but if you're a first-time center cutter, Podgo is the easiest way for you to monetize your podcast. It's like green eggs and ham, minus the eggs and ham. You just get left with all that sweet, sweet green. It's a flat rate, so you always know how much you'll get per ad. Apply today to become a member and immediately be connected with advertisers that fit your audience. That's podgo.co at P-O-D-G-O dot C-O. And be sure to add the center cut in the how did you hear about Podgo section of the application so they know we sent you. Yes, man. Center commercials. All right. So we have some questions here now because nobody has seen this movie <laughs> because it's horrible. I forced Ashley, my wife, to watch it and she did the dirty and, and did that for us. So thank you, Ashley. I'm sorry that you had to do this. Thank you for taking one for the team. Ashley has been doing some virtual yoga classes. So check out Ashley Valeri Yoga on Facebook. And Dave, you've actually been taking some classes. Do you feel more limber? I feel like I could just disconnect my whole leg and wrap it around my body like a belt and then reconnect it. You're a better man than I, Dave. But uh, yeah, if you're looking for some some sweet yoga classes, check it out. I would pay double if you attended the class. Not going to happen. The first question from Ashley. What happens in the first few minutes of the movie that's very appropriate for today's world? The mom gets offended by everything and tries to cancel the world. <laughs> we'll touch on this later, but does the dad die of COVID? Like, what are we talking about here? <sighs> oh, maybe he died of like a disease. Yeah. Like, what else could be appropriate for today's world? Like, does the babysitter OD on heroin and in between TikToking, the kids see the cat out in the rain just looking sad, <laughs> being a wet ass pussy and they invite him in? Like, what are we doing yeah. here? What are you talking about, Ashley? Got it. Yeah, the mom, the mom twerks on the floor for like a solid 10 minutes <laughs> and and everyone's fine with that. But they see a Chinese child holding some <laughs> wooden sticks and lose their fucking minds. <laughs> Our world is so fucked. So the second question for Ashley, what is the contract about that the cat is trying to get the kids to sign? If he breaks the couch or makes a mess of the house, he's not held liable. So basically, he's just a, he gets to come in and muss stuff up and there's no recourse. Dream life. Relinquishing all rights to compensation upon any damage caused by a cat or any of his companions. Is that what it actually says? 
No, that's oh. what I made up. You made it sound very like boilerplate, like lawyer talk. I like it. Yeah, I mean, I basically said what you said, just smarter. Yep. Next question. What accent does the chef cat use during the infomercial that we couldn't hear? I think that it is, because this came out two years after the third Austin Powers movie, mm-hmm. and I have a feeling that it is Dutch, similar to Goldmember's accent in Austin Powers. My finky fasta key. I'm sticking with my Emerald Lagasse guess. So what is that? Like Husky Cajun? I'm going with Husky <laughs> Cajun. Bam! I think we would have noticed if we did a bunch of bams. and Oh, maybe. I don't know. I couldn't hear. I'm trying to remember if The Rock was popular back then. Can you smell what the cat is cooking? I don't know. Maybe. Well, maybe. Yeah, it could be. Oh, boy. Next we have, what starts to come out of the red box and what does it do? So if Mulholland Drive has taught me anything, it's that little old people come out of blue boxes. So if I'm to transfer that logic across movies, it's going to be big babies. So big babies come out of, come out of red boxes, big old fat babies. Now, I, mm-hmm. I think it's some sort of like big color sprayer mechanism and it starts to color the world all sorts of different colors instead of the drab green and purple that they have to live in monotony in. interesting so i'm pretty sure that dvds come out of Redbox. you bring them <laughs> home and then you watch them and then when you want to return them you bring them back so what does it do it like gives you dvds and takes back the dvds i forgot about Redbox. No. <laughs> yeah, because Netflix killed it. So I actually think that it is a sentient, amorphous purple blob that devours everything in its path. Okay. Mm-hmm. Well, all right. I think it's yep. coloring up the world, man. Anyway, next question. Do you think Mike Myers looks back on this moment of his career and has regrets? Well, between this movie and Love Guru, all he did was Shrek movies. So I'm pretty sure this movie might have been the beginning of the end for him. <laughs> Yeah, that's what I said. Like, as opposed to the rest of his career, it's it's not like this dude is like a purveyor of quality. Sure, Austin Powers had its funny moments when it came out like 25 years ago. Side note, mm-hmm. shudder. But he milked that dry. And I just saw a Wayne's World commercial featuring Cardi B. Dude can go suck a cat dick. He made me watch this horrible movie and I hate him for it. I don't understand Cardi B. Oh, boy. What lessons was the cat in the hat trying to teach the kids? Be an asshole. Just make sure you get people to sign a contract first so you can be your unabashed, assy self. You can even invite over your jerk friends who will break stuff and ride the babysitter like a sled. It's okay. Colors are cool. Stop being so boring. Actually, I bet that's the real moral. Like, it's okay to get a little dirty, hence the jokes about his ass showing and getting kicked in the nuts. Just be dirty. It's okay. Dirty and colorful. Nailed it. I was thinking more like the the kind of stick it to the man type of end of things where it's like there's more than one way to solve a problem and if their mom was like the government and he's like (laughs) rebelling against her they're just like rebelling against authority i guess okay you think dr seuss was supposed to be teaching kids to rebel against authority yep okay maybe i think it's about adding a little splash of uh color to your life oh sad last question from ashley what useful purpose does the sleeping babysitter play later on So they use her as a distraction for the blob to get it back into the box (laughs) is the answer I came up with. Maybe they use her as like a sex symbol for the blob. (laughs) What? What do you mean? She's kind of a little blobby. So maybe they like it's it's this whole like this adult joke of they're going to use her sexual nature to try and lure the blob back into the box. Wow. Okay. Was not thinking anything like that. (laughs) Well, 
They do at one point, they put her chunky body on the box to keep it shut since they're missing the lock. So maybe it's something like that. But I, I had a different thought. So I had surmised mid recap that there was something with squirrels comes up at the end of the shit burger of a movie. So this is maybe going to sound outlandish and stupid, but probably did you see the rest of this thing? Mm -hmm. So maybe the cat and the kids are trying to get home to stop whatever the hell the box is doing. And they're blocked by all kinds of rabid, crazy squirrels. And thing one and thing two, roll that fat bitch out the house like a bowling ball and just crush all the squirrels to clear a path. That's what I'm going with. Like the fat kid from Hook? Yep. That's what I'm going with. <laughs> I like that. Yep. Yeah. that She has to go through the wall of squirrels. Yep. And then like comically when she hits it, it makes like a bowling sound. Uh -huh. like got a strike. Yep. 100%. 100%. Lock it yeah. in. For our next and last question, we have the Unearthed Gems podcast. Yeah, Chris and Nan. Yeah, yeah. They ask, who do you think the hoe is? I mentioned this during the recap, but I think it's the kid's mom. Like, she's doing the dirty, literally, dude's a slob with Alec Baldwin. And I honestly can't believe it's in a kid's movie because I think that Sean Hayes is the dad and she's cheating on Sean Hayes with Alec Baldwin. Now, maybe he's dead. She's allowed to have a boyfriend. I get it. I just who is Sean Hazen? Maybe he's the maybe he's her other boyfriend. Like she has one clean boyfriend and one dirty one. Mm. <laughs> like <laughs> like most girls. <laughs> do you do you think she calls do you think she calls their dicks thing one and thing two? <laughs> yeah, one hundred percent. No. No, it's thing one and chocolate thunder. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'll take chocolate thunder. I want that one. I want chocolate thunder, please. Sign yeah, me up. You would. You would. So I read this because Unearthed Gems podcast wrote H-O-E. I took this as they were asking us who the hoe that he held up in the middle of the movie was. That the hoe is a character. <laughs> so I think that it's Cat's girlfriend. Okay. Uh, I think they meant like who is actually the hoe and not, not the, uh, the garden object. But uh, okay. Why would they have put it in parentheses? Because I think that's the joke. Like we see a garden hoe, but who's the real hoe of this movie? Oh, so you don't you don't think at all that the mom is a hoe? I I don't want to say that she's a hoe. I think that Alec Baldwin is a duping her a little bit with his his spanks and his fake teeth. And if my story of Sean Hayes being her boss is correct, then she's just dating one dude. So I don't know why that would make her a hoe. Well, I don't know that he's I don't know that she doesn't have a husband. So so maybe Sean Hayes is firing them as children. Yeah. So I you think know. that Dr. Seuss in the 50s wrote a book involving a mom that was by herself, like singly raising kids. That shit didn't happen in the 50s. OK, but you think that he wrote a children's book in the 50s where she had multiple boyfriends? <laughs> I think that these writers <laughs> took some liberties. Yeah, obviously they took some liberties. Otherwise, Mrs. Seuss wouldn't have fucking just nixed them ever making a movie about Dr. Seuss ever again. All right, fine. <laughs> and those are the questions. God, I want to be done with this. Oh, yeah. Let's be done. So I think that means it's time for Center Counts. I like that theme song. It was very nice. <laughs> Dave, what do you give this shitty ass shit fucking movie? I'm going to say one. I think that there are just... A very few small redeeming qualities about it 
the acting by what's her face was good. Dakota Fanning. Yes, I'll give yes. you that. Dakota Fanning was a good child actor. The set design, although not appealing, I think was supposed to be like that. So I think that was done well. Naturally, we can't really hear any audio, so I don't know how the soundtrack and stuff like that was. But I think that there were a few very small redeeming qualities about it, so I can't rightfully give it a zero, but pretty damn close. You're wrong. It's a zero. Who was this movie made for? Mike Myers. It, Yeah, pretty much. Like, <laughs> I, it feels like that Tom and Jerry movie that recently came out. Like, why? Just why? Is there really a crowd of people who cared about these characters from the 50s and 60s who needed it in live action? I would be more likely to watch a Tom and Jerry movie than this, I think. I, I wouldn't watch either, but. Anyway, I just I think you're right that it's for Mike Myers fans. But like, why then have it so kiddish and cartoony? Yeah, it's like they want I just I don't know. Like there was there was even the scene where he cuts his tail off where he, he you can see him mouth son of a bit and then it like cuts a screen like he was like they had these jokes in here for adults. But I feel like that is so anti Dr. Seuss. To have that kind of stuff built in there, it just didn't do anything Dr. Seuss justice. And also, like, you know, I naturally don't even remember what the book was about, but I think that Dr. Seuss has enough of, like, a following that he obviously had to be doing something right, and then this movie just shit on all of it. Yeah, like, the characters are fugly. The physics and the color scheme make me want to evacuate my bowels. And it's just, it's the opposite of Miami Connection. Like, where that was so bad it was good because it was ignorant to its poor quality, this thinks it was good. This had the weight of a major studio behind it. It had quality comedy writers and people who have acted before. There's no excuse. There's no excuse for this mountain of feline crap. Yeah, if you're going to try and compare Miami Connection where YK Kim is the lead actor and just a garbage actor. Just pure hatred on my part. And I'm sorry to Ashley for making you watch this to ask us questions with audio, no less. It must have been sheer torture. I'm talking like waterboarding or car battery nipple clamps. Never again. Just destroy the tapes. Cancel the Breslin boy. Move on. I've said my piece. Yep. It was bad. And that's it. I don't want to talk about it anymore. Okay, we're not talking about it anymore. But what we will talk about is what we're doing next week. What are we doing next week? So naturally, next week, we have another center chat coming your way. It is going to be the question of, would you rather have the cat in the hat or the Grinch as a roommate? Interesting. Neither. The next week following the center chat will be April 13th, and we'll be watching the new Joker movie with the Toddcast podcast. No, it's the 14th. April 14th there <laughs> yeah todd cast podcast michael and brad funny guys i'm excited to i'm excited to watch joker with them i am excited to talk todds yeah yeah we we chose joker because it's directed by todd phillips and there aren't really many famous todds that do movies but it's gonna be a good time i'm excited for that it's gonna be a great time so definitely tune in for that but tune in for the center chat first next week yeah dave as we always say if you have any feedback send it to the cast at gmail.com and of course, you can hit us up on Facebook at the Center Cut cast page. More importantly, you can hit us up on Instagram, the Center Cut. And that's where most of our material goes. That's where we're spending our most time. And after this, as soon as you're done listening to this, why don't you just go rate and review us? And then if you're not following us, follow us. We would be happier than a cat in pink shit, which is this movie. Interesting. It was an interesting <laughs> reference. April Fools. <laughs> this movie, gotcha. we, we didn't do this episode. This didn't happen. It never existed. <laughs> <laughs>
it will be in existence for one day and that we're taking it down. Like the space between Alec Baldwin's green eggs and ham, it's always better in the center. 